What's up, witches? I'm Taylor. And I'm Amber. And this is Waking Waking Up up the Witch. Witch. We're your neighborhood witches, and each week we get together and talk about all things witchy. We're two curious ladies trying to understand the human experience, but while we do that, we think it's important to honor the people that lived here before us and honor the cultures and traditions that we're being inspired by. This podcast is about waking up the witch, which means we are learning and growing every day. That being said, we're always open to feedback on how we can do better. Now, let's go, ghouls. (laughs) Hey, Amber. Hey, Taylor. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Good. I'm buzzing off of that interview. I know. That was really wonderful. Learned so much. I mean, it's literally one of those things that uh, we've been talking about wanting to um, bring on the show and like talk about. I feel like there's so many deeper levels to the onion of hormonal cycling and all the things. And I'm just so grateful. I'm a bit annoyed that that's (laughs) not like a part of health class yeah there was a moment where i was about to start yelling about that but <laughs> yeah, this Ew, so chewy um i mean maybe when we were younger there wasn't this information but there definitely is now and it needs to be like treated as so yeah i just i feel like it's a i mean it's obviously like a bigger issue of just keeping women small and in the dark and like not knowing their power and it's something that I have been connecting to the last probably three-ish years now where I've kind of decided to reclaim myself as a woman and the powers and energy that I hold as a woman. Um, I was afraid of my womanness for so long, and I feel like a lot of, not all, I think there's some women who... <laughs> There's some women who surely are like, yeah, I am a goddess and I've always known that. But for me personally, and I think a lot of people in my generation, we just weren't ever given that knowledge and how to be empowered with our bodies and our cycles. Well, it's another issue is like everything's everything's based off like how men function. So it's like. They have a monthly cycle. Their hormone cycle like Daily. every 30. Yeah. No, every 24 hours. Yeah, and so it's yeah. like not monthly. Sorry. 24 hours. And so like, yeah, they wake up the next morning. New day. Reset. And so like it's just, I mean, yeah, partially oppression, but also like a part of this masculine like hustle culture, mm-hmm. like our bodies really aren't made for that and Mm -hmm. even we didn't get into like exercise and stuff like that but if you are exercising the same way all month Mm -hmm. like you're doing Mm -hmm. hit workouts when you're supposed to be like resting Mm -hmm. you know you're raising your cortisol and then you're like gaining weight instead of losing weight it's like we and then we like beat ourselves up because we're like oh my god I'm not losing weight or like I'm not getting strong or like I can't push through and mm-hmm. I'm on my period and it's like you're not honoring your body and its systems and yeah. it's just kind of bullshit exactly so we could talk about there, that for like I fucking feel like hours there's so many like I said layers to 
this topic and I we, also feel it like, will not be the last that yeah, we talk about this. A lot of people are going to listen to this and be like, I had no fucking clue. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, there's been gatekeeping on yeah. women's bodies for centuries. We didn't even tap into like, we were going to talk about birth control, but we didn't even get there. Well, she talks about like, the fertility method. Um, correct. But which like, is a most form people of birth control. are on birth control, so mm-hmm. they don't cycle. And yeah. I'm interested to know like what maybe your what cycles your body still goes through yeah, totally. when you're on birth control and like how to work with that too and um yeah so yeah just we'll get we'll talk about so that many too. things there's, i'm curious about i feel like this is a topic i'm very passionate about and mm-hmm. like something that i am being called to work more deeply with myself yeah. personally yeah and For, I, I know there's so many people out there that we can talk to deeper about this including sammy herself i know totally. there's more that we we can tap into with her so it's gonna be incredible to see how much we can learn and how much we get to integrate and what yeah. we choose to integrate and help our bodies as you know cycling people in the world for the last six months so like i i was doing good for a minute but um as a part of my morning ritual of journaling i would write down like um how am i feeling that day like according to Mm. with whatever hormones Mm -hmm. and then like if i was bleeding how much blood or Mm. like how long it lasted or anything like that so just like journaling incorporating that into your like morning ritual of journaling if you do journal in the morning or if not like maybe at the end of the day Mm -hmm. I think both are really important because then you can recognize how you felt all day long Mm -hmm. in that phase of whatever um but just it's just another tool to like get to know your your body yeah and we all are very unique individuals and you know there is quote-unquote a healthy cycle Mm -hmm. that a lot of us are striving but so many of us don't have cycle I didn't for Mm -hmm. I mean most of my life I would say I don't even know if it's like it's not perfect now Mm -hmm. by any means Mm -hmm. and I'm not totally aware like I think I know when I'm ovulating but like I haven't Mm -hmm. tested my temperature Mm -hmm. or anything like Mm -hmm. that so who fucking knows well, now you have some new tools that Sammy gave you. I want to get you can... that ring. Oh, yeah. What is it called again? Aura, Aura ring. ring. Have yeah. you heard of that? Um, yeah. Rebecca actually was talking about it when I was um, visiting her because it's just another way to, like, track your body. Like, yeah. not just your cycles and the temperature and stuff, but, like, all of your different uh, – what are they called? <laughs> don't you don't have it. I was hoping you'd have it um just the different rhythms of your body okay. your heart rate your yeah. temperature like all your vital signs <laughs> what is it uh so it's it's just a really great little health tool and it just yeah. looks like a fucking ring yep I, I think as far as like month by month goes the more you wear it the more accurate it becomes as well so yeah it i've heard it's in tune good things about it she was saying that it has like a pretty good battery life too because i cool. i was talking about my apple watch and how it can track some of the things she was talking about using it for sleep and like making sure that my um like I don't know the oxygen level mm-hmm. trying to like see if I wouldn't be a good candidate for like a sleep study sort of thing um so she was talking about that and I was like yeah I have my apple watch and she's like yeah that works great too just like pay attention to this but she was talking about her ring like 
the battery lasts for cool so fucking long so it's a really great alternative yeah um i totally (laughs) not sponsored no not yet (laughs) uh yeah but that was a really lovely interview and just Mm -hmm. like hearing about her story i just really really love her energy um she's so gentle she's also a doula and Mm -hmm. just full of knowledge and she's been to so many fucking births that's so amazing. I'm like jealous. I just want to see somebody <laughs> give birth so bad. We'll become a doula. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I just want to watch. Uh, there's a lot of videos online. Mm. <laughs> well, I think Jess Bunker already sent me her video. She's like, oh, you want to see a birth? Here yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. There's like 15 people in the room when she gave birth. Oh, like her whole family no. was in there. I would not be okay with that. Yeah, she loved it. Way to go for yeah. you, <laughs> Jess. Community. I could not do that. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Anyways. Well, um, we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. And yeah. let us know. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another wonderful episode of Waking Up the Witch. Let's all just take a moment to get grounded and connect our energy together. If you feel like you're in a safe place to do so, go ahead and close your eyes. Sit in your body. Just notice any subtle emotions you're feeling today. Any subtle feelings in your body. Just acknowledge them. Notice that they're there. Give thanks for being able to feel all the things. Let's take a couple cleansing breaths together, breathing in and release. And breathe in once again. And release. And on this last inhale, breathe in all the love from the universe and the earth that supports you. And release any tension, stress, worries that you may be carrying with you today. I'd like to call in our guides to be here with us today. Any angels or ancestors that wish to join us. Thank you for carrying us, supporting us, and showing us the way to our higher self, to our higher purpose. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Okay, today we have my friend Sammy, and I am so, so excited for her to be here. Hi, Sammy. Hi, Sammy. Hi. How are you? I'm doing really good. The sun is finally shining, and yeah, Yeah. feeling feeling good. Yeah. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of why you're here and what you're interested in? Sure. Um, yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Um, 
So my full name is Samantha Wilkins. Um, I am originally from upstate New York. And I currently live in a really small town in Southern Oregon. Um, I live here with my partner and our dogs. Um, we have a really sweet little community and uh, just living in a rural place has been really nourishing. And um, I really am a person who loves like a slower pace and being outside of the the um, system and at large, you know, for quite a while now. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty multi-passionate person. Um, yeah, so I guess it's just been a journey, like finding, you know, just having any pressure to have like my one thing has never really been uh, it's never really worked out, you know. Totally resonate with that. Yeah, I've just always been like in a kind of spiraling process. And I really love I like deep dive into things when I get interested in them and kind of mm. go like, you know, as deep as I will or as I can, you know, for a length of time. And then there'll be like a, you know, like a connection point into another realm and I'll explore mm-hmm. there and I've kind of... um you know, been on a journey like that since I would say like in my early twenties or probably before, you know, but, um, yeah. So what I am mainly focused on, um, is just in the world of, um, women's health, um, and female, female physiology has always been just super fascinating to me, especially Mm -hmm. in the, um, the continuum of um, like preconception and pregnancy and birth and postpartum um, and the world of uh, hormones, um, menstrual cycles, and just general like overall wellness living in a female body because um, obviously I'm, <laughs> I live in a female body and, mm-hmm. um, you know, like just being a a sensitive person and like having gone through a lot of things that had like affected my body and my sense of well-being in my body it's been I feel like a really big um it's just been really important on my journey is to learn how to uh find harmony with myself and all of these layers and um you know and I I feel like I've I can be really super intellectual and really nerdy and love all of the science stuff. And I love the physiology and I love like understanding all these like things that maybe not, (laughs) it's like, um, yeah, same. you know, it could be kind of hard to grasp, but I just like love that, like really understanding how things function and like how systems interact with each other. And, um, you know, and that goes all the way to, like just the the most simple things like how we work with like elements and the earth and our water to um yeah to like bring ourselves back into like a a sense of wholeness and resonance um so I'm a big sister (laughs) my mom was pretty young when she had me I think she was like 23 at the time 
Um, and my little brother was born three years later. And so like from the time I can remember, I was like, um, you know, just in relationship with in like a caretaking role, I would say. I think it's like, you know, I like obviously experienced being taken care of too, but I think just from an early age, having like a baby, you know, around me that I loved and cared for. And I think just the reality with parenting, you know, like my mom just being pretty overwhelmed and spread thin. And my dad actually um, struggled with alcoholism my whole life. Mm. So um, were they together? like when you were young or they were until I was about three or four and then we Mm -hmm. yeah they separated and so I think that that was a really and where did you grow up I grew up in western New York um kind of a super small like really rural place um like most people have never heard of it um I think just growing up with a single mom and having like a younger sibling was was pretty profound and like how I developed and oriented in the world you know totally we're the same um, same, same yeah <laughs> yeah yeah the the oldest child thing mm-hmm. um is real it's been like such a such a gift and such a blessing and also like there's still moments when I'm like uh like if I had just had that imprint you know of like mm-hmm. um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, like somebody being able to kind feel... of knew what they were doing at some point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, and just you're like a good test dummy. Gain a lot of life skills at a very young yeah. age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I feel like that's just a huge part of my like work now. I'm still even just unpacking mm. and trying to unravel like, you know, and understand in the spectrum of um life giving too. like if I, I do want to be a mother so just like understanding mm-hmm. how to uh work with those like deeper inner parts of my you know self and um but anyways yeah uh so because we did live in a pretty rural place and there wasn't a, a whole lot going on um and my mom worked a lot and I was mostly I spent a lot of time just me and my brother um yeah I I definitely remember having um, like playtime, a lot of playtime outside and in the woods and mm-hmm. playing with plants. And, you know, like I, me and my friend, um, my little girlfriend when I was younger used to dress up in her like tap shoes and like run around and like make, um, make like black marks on the floor and be like dad there was like a witch that came in here and just like (laughs) I like (laughs) I loved like all just like the you know little baby witch around that (laughs) yeah it was always really fun more about that I think when I was in high school I got really into health stuff like that's when my mom started calling me like her health nut you know kid um was just super into like eating good and like working out and I didn't know anything about organic food and like yoga and things like that at the time but um just yeah I was like oriented towards um using things natural things to like help myself out and feel good um and yeah so much um I think too just like I was thinking about this like having because I didn't live with my dad growing up, but just I had a really special relationship with him. And because he really did, 
he had just a lot of unresolved grief from like a lot of traumatic loss in his life and um and had he was in a lot of physical pain from like a lot of old injuries and um so i think just having a parent who was so like enmeshed in their pain um that was really like I think it, it really formative for me because I, you know, I had to become very sensitive and intuitive to like read into all the energetics of what was happening and like how mm-hmm. I could, I was always just like wanting to help and make things easier. And I feel like that's kind of how I came in. It's like, you're here to help, you know, mm-hmm. you're here to help, like help um, take care of everybody. And uh, my mom is a nurse now and she's just, I think I got a lot of that from her too. She really, Mm -hmm. um, I just grew up with her like going out of her way all the time to take care of people. And she's just a super, you know, loving, compassionate caregiver person. And Mm -hmm. her mom was a nurse too. And so, yeah. Line of healers. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Like very wounded healers too, you know, Mm -hmm. but sorry, your mom. Oh, my mom's a nurse too. And I feel the same Uh, way about her. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Here we are once again. Just (laughs) (laughs) Relatable story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I just, I think that that was like a really big, um, imprint is both like both of those like having the um you know the model of like we're here to like help and help each other out and take care of people and and then also the you know like getting to experience early on being around somebody who is like really unable to be helped and like always wanting to like help them feel better I think just with the orientation towards being in service that's kind of where like a lot of that came from um I want to hear about, like, didn't you end up moving to Hawaii and that, like, really made a big dent on you and then how you got from Hawaii to here and how that's been really important in your, like, spiritual path and all of that? Um, yeah, so I when I was a teenager, I had a lot of stuff come up, like, um, just didn't really feel good for a long time kind of popped out of that and like later on in high school when I went through like my health nut phase or whatever and then I went to college for a couple years in Buffalo with a a partner that I had for many years back then and um when I was about 20 I started to go through this really big like identity shift and just realizing that I wanted to travel and I didn't want to be where I was from anymore and I wanted to just go out and experience new things, you know, just like explore and get out of my little small town and meet new people and all of that stuff. And I um, somehow found this exchange program through my college that I could uh, go pretty much anywhere in the country um, and just do like a semester of an exchange. And Amazing. I I had always like my whole life wanted to move to a tropical place like being from New York and like experiencing long cold winters every year mm-hmm. I was like always dreaming about living on the beach and I like loved listening to reggae and I was like 
I want to go live in the mm-hmm. tropics and you know Blue Crush was like my favorite movie I watched it like a ton and I was just like I want to <laughs> go like live in a shack on the beach and surf every day like that whole thing you know um Love that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I found out that I could um do a semester abroad and um go to Hawaii and so I did that and that was this huge juncture um because I I just had been so kind of sheltered and um, was really naive about like the rest of the world still at that time and um yeah I moved to the big island and I I like never went back to Buffalo (laughs) after that um yeah yeah I just completely fell in love immediately I I just I had experienced like a that feeling of just being comfortable and at home um and like that's did you learn how to surf I did. Yeah. I didn't, I I wasn't like a crazy avid surfer, but I did. I did. I, I liked to be in the water like every day for sure. Um, yeah, as much as possible. Um, but yeah, being there really was so life changing. Like I would say the first like six months I was just still, uh, I don't know, in my like hardened like New York, like punk rock, um, (laughs) shell. Mm -hmm. And then like something started to happen where, yeah, I feel like just, there was just so much that like melted away. Um, and I experienced like a sense of community really and family, like, you know, chosen family for the first Mm -hmm. time and just being in this place is so vitally, you know, it's just so vibrant and alive and, um, where there's so much, um, you know, culture that's still very much intact and, uh, definitely I, I just learned so much. Um, and it wasn't always easy, but just in terms of like, yeah, just understanding, um, things about the world, you know, things that we weren't, uh, taught in school and stuff like, um, yeah. just Hawaii being, a a place that is occupied by the U.S. military, and I'm um, like just really what had happened there. Um, yeah, it was really impactful, and and still just being met with so much um, kindness from the people, and it just mm-hmm. yeah, I just felt really super lucky to have kind of been brought into this um, very sacred um, place. Um, Amazing. Yeah, it's still really like. And you were there for a year? Uh, I, I actually lived there on and off for like 10 years. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I actually never went back to Buffalo. I never went back, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I... You like kind of found yourself. Like I'm sure there's like a huge yeah, rebranding of your identity and just getting to know yourself on a whole nother level. Right. Yeah. Do you feel like that's where kind of like your spiritual journey started? Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Mm. Yeah, it was. What did that look like? I just remember having moments of it. It was like always when I was near the ocean or in the water. I spent a lot of time alone too, and um, I didn't have a car um for like several years, and I just I rode a bike, and mm. so I just spent. I was just on my bike and at the beach a lot, and I was in school too, but um, 
there's just so many magical, like amazing sacred places. And I would have these like full body, you know, like experiences of just being Mm. like in, uh, like just in divine connection with like myself and, Mm. and the land and, and the elements and, um, yeah, it was just so many shedding layers, but a lot of like waking up, I feel like a lot of it was just through contact with the the land and the energy there and mm-hmm. um yeah and yeah being involved in some cultural practices and just around um you know like a native people who are practicing their culture um and mm-hmm. who still hold so much reverence um and always have for for their sacred places mm-hmm. it just it so just special. yeah it created this whole awareness that i didn't have before um and so and then you know it's kind of there's also like a big ecstatic dance culture and just a lot of um you know just a lot of like free people um having a good time i got super into yoga um and just to, yeah started really learning how to move energy through my body um mm, and yeah so yeah and I had like a how did you end up sorry <clears throat> go on oh yeah, just keep going. little I had a little group of friends that we we started um you know getting into like tarot and um playing music together and we would just always be out camping and exploring and just um yeah just like opening up deeper layers you know experimenting with psychedelics more Mm. and just other plant medicines i got really into um food you know like like the the, just the amount of like fresh vibrant food that is local and everywhere just really feeding my body Mm. the medicine Mm. that was growing on the land around me was really powerful um i love that and then how did you end up heading out this way um I I actually met a guy (laughs) got into a relationship (laughs) and he somehow convinced me to come to Oregon which like looking back I'm like what the heck like I can't believe I did that (laughs) you know but I was I was super (laughs) I (laughs) I was just like young and like yeah I want to just keep traveling and I had I graduated from college at that point and so I was wanting to just travel around more and I you know always like had I had friends from Oregon just always thought it sounded like a really cool place and so yeah I met this guy from Oregon and um thought it would it would be like a like I would come and visit or something and then I ended up just the place in life that I was at the time was like well I'll just get rid of my room and pack up all my stuff and just go and um so yeah I found myself in Oregon um and that relationship obviously didn't work out, but I, um, Oregon has just been awesome with like the, the learning opportunities for me. Um, at the time I was, Mm -hmm. I was getting really into plant medicine and herbalism and I wanted to go to all of the, um, the, the gatherings and, um, 
you know, things like that, just be in communities where we were learning about medicine ways together. It just felt like there was a lot more um, opportunity like that um, in Oregon. So I kind of went back and forth for many years, though. I would spend like spring, summer and part of fall in Oregon. And then I'd go back to Hawaii for the winter and did that kind of seasonal thing for some time. That sounds lovely. Um, I know that you have like a pretty, like your community of people is all very spiritual and you guys do a lot of like gathering and, um, ceremonies and stuff like that. Can you tell us what some of that looks like? Um, yeah. Um, because I feel like that's super special and like not a lot of people have that in their communities and people are always like wishing and looking for mm-hmm. that kind of support and like um just the like you said family mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Yeah, I feel super super blessed to have found myself in um places where there are a lot of um resources and a lot of support, a lot of people coming together and wanting to gather and a lot of different kind of traditions and um and it's sensitive too right because there's there there are um people here from native lineages that are still carrying their practices and traditions and sharing them with a lot of us um and mm-hmm. yeah and so there there is some of that there are um sweat lodges that happen regularly um that's been a really big part of my life for some time now and what's a sweat lodge um so uh yeah a sweat lodge is well it is physically um like a a structure that's created out of willow um it, it looks like a dome and it's covered with blankets um and there's a sacred fire that is tended um, usually there is a, a prayer and intention, maybe the ceremony is for someone, um, you know, with like something that they've asked for help with. And there are all these stones that are, um, put into the fire and, and warmed up in the fire for quite a long time. Um, eventually those stones are brought into the lodge, um, once the people are in there and, and then there's a, you know, the person who is pouring the water, who's facilitating the ceremony, um, will, you know, bring the water in and pour the water on the stones. Um, so, you know, you're in there with the door closed, you're totally in darkness, and it's really hot. And, um, and it's a prayer ceremony. So it is, you know, essentially that there's a lot, there's a lot to it. And it's an, a very very old ceremony um and i feel really super you know grateful to be welcomed into spaces like that not having come from a lineage that you know uh holds those traditions um but i do live in a community where there are are people who who offer um to do ceremonies like that for people like regularly um there's there's just a lot of access to that kind of help here which is really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's Amazing. like, it's, it's Love my that. favorite way to, to pray. Um, 
you know, it's like the, it's, it's very cleansing. It's like, it's kind of like, you know, you're going back into the womb of the mother and everything that's involved Mm -hmm. is very, very old. Um, you know, it's just elemental and, um, yeah, like I said, there's, how long do you split? Um, it depends on who is leading the ceremony. Sometimes it can be like two hours. Sometimes they can be really long. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it just kind of depends on on what's happening. Um, so yeah, it's super. It's super special. Yeah, I actually live. It's something I've always been curious about. Yeah, I know we've, we've talked about it sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have for years. I know. Honestly, once it stops raining, <laughs> you can come over. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, and then what other? So I kind of oh, interrupted okay. you when you were talking about like other ceremonies that you guys do. So I know you. Um, what else were you saying? I know you do plant medicine. Yeah. Um, occasionally, there are things like with, this is such a kind of a hodgepodge place. There's sometimes like so many different things going on. I, I've personally kind of taken a step back from um attending so many ceremonies <laughs> I've just been working on my like day-to-day life you know rhythms but um yeah there's so much like sometimes we just get together and sing sometimes we will have a fire and just sit with the cedar um or you know some tobacco and just pray with the fire um you know you can kind of make a, a ritual in a ceremony out of feel like however it wants to come together i feel like that's the question for me usually is like how does this want to happen and like what's appropriate at the at the time depending on what's going on or what's our intention for coming together um yeah and i it's, i love that i'm, I'm not in a, like a facilitation role um i just i'm humbly still just you know feeling grateful to be able to be around and learn and um yeah, but there are a lot of elders in the community that are that are still supporting the, you know, the ceremonies to keep happening even through the pandemic and everything. Um, mm-hmm. Would you say that some of your like doula work and stuff? So like a birth, do you guys do that in like almost a ceremony type way? If you're doing it like a home birth, like, do you have a lot of other women there bringing like the baby in? Like, how does that look? I guess. Are you okay? So you're asking like what it what it could look like in like in terms of holding space during a birth. Yeah, like when you're doing like a home birth and you're the doula and you have like your midwives and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, well, so my belief around any thing that's happening inside of us a you know a female body in terms of pregnancy and birth and bleeding and um you know postpartum these like big life cycles that we go through in itself is a ceremony to you know so i i feel like i i learned um i started attending births before i got more involved in ceremonial practices Um, but to me, like they've always been, um, like the same thing. Um, just the energetics. It's hard to describe. Full body chills. Full body nipple chills. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Me too. 
Yeah. Um, same. Yeah. I just, uh, I just feel so humble. It's, it's like just bowing to the altar of life mm. in those places. It's really, really profound. Like just the magic and the potency and the, like our own, you know, like as a doula, I feel like my role is to be there to empathetically um, support, you know, that person, that mother in her process, and also just really stay out of her way. Um, because it's so much that um, there's just such deep wisdom. And like, a, there's such a deep map. It's like the oldest map that, that we have I feel like in our bodies is mm-hmm. how to bleed and how to grow life and how to give birth and and um yeah so I feel like you know the birth is the ceremony in itself and as an attendant Absolutely. I I just show up um you know as regulated as possible with a lot of humility and just really listening um and as an intuitive person and as an empathetic person, you can kind of feel, you know, what, what might be helpful or what might be, what might be needed. Um, but a lot of it is just being present and listening and being available for contact and support. However, that mm-hmm. woman needs it at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And there's all the logistical things too, you know, that could be happening. Um you know, heating up water, grabbing towels, and it's like helping with um, uh, counter pressure and things like that. Um, but to me, like, I do consider myself like a, it's such a spiritual process. Um, and that's part of why it's, it's, I've only to this point felt comfortable um, in home birth scenarios. Although mm-hmm. I would like to, um, be available to people birthing in the hospital too, because that type of space holding is no less needed, obviously, in those spaces. Absolutely. But, yeah. Yeah. I think it's almost it's just as important. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the whoever is at the hospital just doesn't have like the a way to do it from home or doesn't know anything. And so like it's so important for you to be there and like creating help create that safe space and be like an advocate for them Mm -hmm. there when they like don't have anyone else. Right. Yeah. It's just like truly with anything like we're not meant to we need to feel safe and connected um, with other people with other nervous systems when we're in a really vulnerable place. It's just how it is you know so um Mm. it's something that I I just have always felt intuitively inclined to be available for as like a part of my um gift although it's been really hard to like claim it and feel like yeah that's Mm -hmm. something is is like I do feel like I have that capacity to really walk with people through some of the most tender and transformative moments like of their life mm-hmm. and absolutely and I've needed chills I've, <laughs> I've needed that too you know so I know mm-hmm. what it feels like to be um held intended to when um you're going through something really big and I have never um given birth uh, or carried a pregnancy full term um but I've 
had many dreams about it and just being in being in those spaces has just helped me to really understand um that kind of that way of uh being with people you know what I mean like how Mm -hmm. and that kind of goes into the realm of like mm, um nervous systems and co-regulation and all of that is kind of a different tangent but Mm -hmm. I have two questions okay um, and then let's definitely go down that tangent. Mm-hmm. Um, my first question, it, it just like hit me when you said like, I've had a hard time claiming that. Mm-hmm. What do you think is holding you back from claiming that? Oh, um, uh, it's just going to be really intimidating. And I don't know if like, I feel like maybe yeah. everyone feels like this when they meet their, like, you know, it's like something that they're carrying that is their contribution mm-hmm. to humanity. Like, well said. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly right. right. <laughs> I think it's supposed to scare the shit out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a really big ask, you know, and there's as a mm-hmm. sensitive person, there's all these things around like, how do I work with this energy? Or how do I not take on what's not mine? Or how do I keep mm-hmm. my life mm-hmm. like, you know, like, flowing really well while I'm going into these like deep places with with people but I feel like that's part of who I am is like I like to I just do it's not even that I like to it just Mm -hmm. happens that I go into these Mm -hmm. really deep places with myself and with people um Mm -hmm. especially with women and just you know been just really through my own healing experience trying to understand um that (laughs) technology i guess like of how we're how we are made like there's all of these things on the healing path that come into play like you know the generational things that we've brought in the things that we've Mm -hmm. experienced in our lifetime um and it can be really dark and really scary and so that's why we like need um support you know and it can also just be a really hairy place to be in when there's like just working with those kind of energetics in a healing space. Mm -hmm. I've gotten myself into some situations that took a long time to integrate, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just really real. (laughs) And so it does. um, It sounds (laughs) like you are, you're on the right path. Like just hearing you talk about it. um, You're just so gentle and, I can already feel that you hold such a beautiful, safe, sacred space for the person going through the birthing process. Mm. And um, yeah, I just get this intuitive hit that that's exactly what you are here to do. One of the many things, but right now and, and to claim it because you are powerful Mm. and capable and you know, like you, you were put here Mm. for that task. And it, and it has such a deep healing for yourself mm-hmm. and what's to come for you as mm-hmm. well as you embark on the journey to motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when that happens, like, oh, this is all a part of your healing as well to be mm-hmm. there for others. And I could just feel such good, juicy, yummy. So when you said, like, I haven't, I have a hard time claiming that, like, this light bulb went off. I was like, what? I mean, and <laughs> and you answered, like, so brilliantly, too, at the beginning of, like, anyone, no matter what your path is or what you're here to do on the planet, um, you, we all do face that uh-huh. that mm-hmm. space of, of having that resistance or that having, not having the courage to claim 
right. our space, you know? Um, so it just, yeah, that hit home is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. What's your second um, question? And then my second question you were talking about too, about how it's all ceremony, like every part of our system as a woman, you know, living as a woman, uh, and I'm curious to know, like, what are you, if you, if you have any, what are your bleeding rituals? Because I, I think like me and my stage of life, I am somebody who, you know, menstruates regularly and really am trying this year, trying to tap into how to hold space sacredly, um, and to, to align my my life with my cycle and to be gentle in those moments when I am bleeding, when I like, I just finished bleeding and like this whole last week, you know, it's, it's a resistance to surrender Mm -hmm. and allow yourself to rest (laughs) because of the world we live in. Um, You know, so I'm just curious if you have any rituals that you like to practice, you know, Mm -hmm. while on your bleed and also in the other cycles, of of the right you know mm. what's it called your men your whole menstrual time. cycle not just yeah. the bleeding cycle right. yes thank you <laughs> yeah well thanks for naming that too that's something that i you know and many many others i feel like maybe everyone who's cycling um deals with is like what you said like that resistance to like surrender you know mm-hmm. um and just yeah. being with um like sometimes just doing less and doing nothing even is harder than, you know, doing <laughs> something. Yeah. Um, we sit with guilt the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And, and me too, it's something I've been working with, um, for a long time. And there's phases where I'm, you know, I feel like I'm my, yeah, uh, self-care and like ritualizing my, my cycle is really, um, is really great. And it's, it works for me. It's like, you know, life, altering and really life supportive um and there's times when I lose that too and I feel like lately anyways I've been um just wanting to hold the awareness that the way that I meet my blood when it when it comes Mm. or the way that I acknowledge um that that has has like okay I'm in that phase now that's here um but if I can just slow down and just take a moment to really be with my body in that moment and like welcome that energy shift that it creates mm. this like softening, you know, that it's like, okay. Like, um, I love that. And I do, I mean, I have the privilege of having the space if I need to make it, you know, the first, at least the first two days, um, I feel like I have so much compassion for people who go to work in the world. Like, like I can't even imagine um, doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like being in a busy place. Yeah. I feel like I can get so overwhelmed Love. and overstimulated. <laughs> Been there. And so, <laughs> yeah, I really, um, you know, just like asking my body, like what she needs at that time. Um, usually it's like, I like to take baths and drink tea, um, Mm -hmm. you know, but just like, just 
for me, I feel like as older, like as I've gotten older, just taking the moments to tune in with my body and just a really simple way, acknowledging and listening to what's there and like what, what my body wants me to listen to or like wants to do, like wants of me. Um, Mm -hmm. that that has just been, you know, just for my mind and the way that it works, it's been really helpful to just remember to just take a moment and keep checking in and create space um it's interesting for me now too because I was um single for a long time but now I I have a partner and so just um that whole journey of like working with how my energy shifts during that time and what I what I need how to ask for what I need how to make space Mm. um I think that it's something that you know we'll have to work with to varying degrees like throughout our lives as our circumstances change and so but I feel Mm -hmm. like whatever however it is for anyone wherever they're at just creating a little bit of space to set an intention and just be um you know empathetically like attuned to yourself to you know to um Yeah, I feel like it's just so much about presencing. Like, I feel like there's a there's a real channel that mm-hmm. opens up that can be for me. It can be so psychedelic and like interdimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, that mm-hmm. if I can create some space to really just be and listen and drop in, there's so much there, and there's so much um, healing. You know, there's so much under understanding that happens. There's a lot of inspiration that comes through. Um, there's a lot of letting go. There might be a lot of grief, um, um, you know, so it's always a little bit different. But if for me anyways, mm-hmm. just it can there can be so much and that, that's ready to be like felt or acknowledged or released. And if I don't just make like a little bit um, of time to, you know, journal and meditate, maybe like sleep alone, um, eat really well, you know, then I feel like the rest of my cycle kind of carries that imprint of like how I met, how I met Mm. my, my bleed when it first came. Oh, I love that so much. You should see Amber's face. (laughs) (laughs) Grinning. There is a little practice that that, I have so many children. Um, there, there is, cause I know you asked about like, like practices or rituals. There's one that has been happening for me recently that I really love, um, that I might share. Please. Um, yep. Yes. It depends. One of my goals this year is to connect more with my cycle and like hold space through each mm. phase. It's <laughs> so, so worth I'm it. Open to all it's of it. so good. <laughs> it's so worth it. Um, yeah, uh, so I use a I use a cup. Um, sometimes I don't use it as much, and I'll I'll use um, like cloths. But either way, like I like mm-hmm. to um, when I'm using a cup, I will actually collect um, my blood in a jar and keep it in mm-hmm. the fridge <laughs> until I'm done mm-hmm. bleeding, and then oh, you'll just like keep adding to yeah. it. Yeah, um, awesome. This is just one of the things that's kind of come up as like a helpful practice and sometimes I do it differently, but I like to keep that until yeah, I'm done with my cycle and then 
Um, I have a lot of mugwort growing where I live, and she's one of my favorite, um, like top Amazing. top five for sure plant allies. And I'll bring my blood over to the mugwort and say a prayer, um, and just kind of listen to like what came up during that time, or like maybe what something I was working with, or some how I want to like move forward. Um, you know, just anything, just like having a a moment to connect. Um, and kind of integrate like what, what was there for me during that, my bleeding time. And then I'll like offer Mm -hmm. the, offer the blood, you know, to the earth. Um, so that's been really cool for me personally. Amazing. I'm I'm also an advocate (laughs) of just like going out and bleeding on the oak tree. (laughs) Like, I've always wanted to do that. (laughs) It was like that, just being really wild and primal with it. It was was good for me too. Love. Cool. (laughs) So witchy. So, um, Sammy, could you kind of tell us about like the four phases of your cycle and like the way that you maybe want to eat or work out or, um, like treat your body during that time and like what is happening during, like with your hormones during those four cycles or four phases of your cycle? For sure. Yeah. This is like my, um, my jam right here i love i do actually like (laughs) occasionally i like to get groups of women together and talk about just this it's my favorite so yeah so like you said there there are four um distinct phases of each menstrual cycle um a healthy cycle anyways um so like a cycle will always like we consider the beginning of our cycle with the the first day of blood and so obviously that's the the menstrual um, part of the cycle, menstrual phase. Um, and I'll kind of talk about the hormones as we as we go through. Um, so like at the beginning of the cycle, all of the estrogen and progesterone are, are the two main hormones um, that that fluctuate throughout the cycle. Um, and in the beginning when bleeding is happening, it's actually that all of the hormones have dropped to lower levels and allows that, um, lining to shed and be released. Um, so the next phase is the, is known as the follicular phase. And so the follicular refers to the follicle, um, which is in the, ovary the ovaries are full of follicles and that is where the egg is um matured and made ripe you know for ovulation um and so there's that aspect of the cycle is more dominant um in estrogen like estrogen levels are rising and that is triggered by follicle stimulating hormones so which is a pituitary hormone. And so the egg is being nourished and vitalized and the follicle is being prepared um, to release, you know, whichever egg is up for 
being released at that cycle. So I have a question. Okay. What happens to like your energy levels and all of these things whenever your estrogen spikes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So typically, um, energy as you are approaching ovulation could increase. Like the ovulatory time is like the, the kind of the highest energy time of the cycle or it can be. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm just thinking there's so much to do with estrogen is like our bodies are so complex and there's so many different types of estrogens and how they like interact with our whole system. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm mostly referring to like what a healthy, normal cycle would, would entail because there's like all kinds of ways that, you know, things happen physiologically or the cycle can present differently um but in a healthy normal cycle um yeah so estrogen is increasing throughout the follicular phase there might be more um you know there's actually like scans that have shown that our brain changes throughout the different phases of our cycle too so we might be more i believe it like Mm -hmm. you know um verbal and communicative (laughs) and what might be more um, wanting to organize and we might be feeling more inspired. There's more energy. It's like with that energy of producing the egg, it's like the energy of our system is like preparing to, you know, give, (laughs) give itself (laughs) to the world, you know, and then my follicular phase. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling good. (laughs) Yeah. It feels, it can feel pretty good. I like, you know, Mm -hmm. I like being there too. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like once estrogen peaks, um, that is when that's what triggers the egg to be released. And that's the moment that ovulation occurs. Mm -hmm. And so during the ovulatory time, you know, it might be like a couple of days. Um, Okay. um, How long does the follicular phase last? Typically? Typically... Um, like about a week. Like if your moon cycle lasts about like, you know, four or five days, five, six days average or something, then, um, you know, up until ovulation, let's just say in like a, on an average would happen around like day 14 or something. So like two weeks in. Okay. And like not everybody's body doesn't, you know, it for a long time. People thought, I think that everybody ovulated on day 14. That's not at all how it works. But um, yeah. let's just say, you know, around that time. Mm-hmm. And then so once ovulation happens, this is my favorite part of the, the whole thing, is that the follicle that released that egg becomes mm-hmm. its own um, endocrine gland and starts producing progesterone. Well, yeah. And, <laughs> and so progesterone is super, super important for the health of our female bodies. Um, and it can be difficult to make enough progesterone in this day and age because there's a lot of things that, you know, can affect that um, stress, you know, the way that our like bodies are able to eliminate estrogen. Um, it's, you know... But progesterone. And what does progesterone do for our bodies? Why is it so important? Um, 
progesterone is like it's more of that yin uh, hormone where estrogen is more of like the yang hormone but um progesterone actually has a lot to do with like our bone density too um oh and just feeling uh like having a, a sense of I like I just think of it as like a nourished it's like having enough progesterone as being like a well-nourished woman you know mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of a lot of things that it is really important for um which maybe aren't on the top of my head right now but um, <laughs> okay no that's a good layout yeah like I know you know, signs of progesterone deficiency or estrogen dominance because they can, you know, can probably usually go both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like a lot of fatigue, um, bloating, breakouts, um, breast tenderness, like, you know, like we need enough progesterone to be feeling like in the appropriate place. Like I feel like the gift of that next cycle, that next phase, the luteal phase is like, we can be a lot more internal and mm. less like outward in the world. Like we might want to stay home more. We might need more alone time. Mm-hmm. We might just be more inward um, in general. It's not as much of this like go out in the world and like make shit happen energy. It's more like stay home and tend the tend the fire and like listen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, so like being in a good place with our progesterone levels like makes it feel really good to do that versus like being, you know, feeling depleted or, um, you know, having like a, a lot of premenstrual stuff co- comes from like having a lack of pro- progesterone. Mm-hmm. Is there like any like food or something that we could do to help regulate our progesterone naturally? Yeah. Um, or foods that are depleting it even? I would say that it's more, I think the most important thing there, honestly, is um, fat-soluble vitamins. And this gets, um, you know, in people into a bind sometimes. This actually has a lot to do with my personal healing and why I, I now eat meat and eat a lot of animal fats and things is that um, I actually... And part of the part of the way that I got into all this in the first place is that I was really um, I either wasn't ovulating for long periods of time, which is not a good thing, or I was maybe ovulating but having like really short luteal phases, which is like a lack of progesterone. I had mm-hmm. all these other health things going on. I had a miscarriage during that time, and so mm-hmm. I started to learn more, you know, and f- I focused more on the the foods aspect, which. Um, really meant having to incorporate animal foods into my diet again Um, after like a really long time of not eating. I was basically vegan and just very restricted Mm -hmm. on a lot of levels. Um, Yeah. I'm on week three of eating meat again. Oh, wow. Nice. How does that feel? Really good. Yeah. My body feels denser, which is like, Interesting. Just like more muscly mm-hmm. without like doing a whole lot. Yeah. Different. Right. I remember like having this feeling of like, oh, I'm satiated. 
because I used yeah. to feel like I could and I'm like, eat and eat and then yeah. be like, oh, I'm still, Same. I still feel like I'm, you know, my. <laughs> I said that to Curtis yesterday. I was like, I just feel like I don't have to eat as much or as often because I feel like full. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, not even full. I feel like full longer. Like I'm just not mm-hmm. like starving all Sustainable. the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. So like the way. Feels good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm happy for you. <laughs> it's like a Thank big you. it's a big hurdle sometimes but I'm always like mm-hmm. hands down 100% if you have like hormonal imbalances or menstrual cycle like irregularities like are you eating like n- nourishing foods and it, it can you know it could just be such an edgy thing to talk about with people but totally. physiologically we do require like cholesterol to make our hormones and there aren't many plant foods that contain cholesterol. And mm-hmm. um, the other thing is that um, there's a precursor to progesterone um, that if we have a lot of cortisol, if we're, if our you know lives are just feeling really stressful or even, even if we just have physiological stress going on and we're not like emotionally stressed or taxed, um, like our bodies will prioritize making adrenaline and cortisol over making progesterone i just think that's exactly what's happening in my body Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like what i've been trying to figure out for what Mm -hmm. so thank you amazing interesting yeah it's so important it's um you know and i feel like it's it's so (laughs) it's just it's hard that we're not like educated on these things when we're younger you know Seriously. I literally think just knowing that there are four phases to your cycle and that you feel different throughout them should be common fucking knowledge. Yeah. And the fact that I am 31 <laughs> years old and just figured this out like last year is yeah. not okay. It's not okay yeah. at it's all. Not really great. I know. And then, oh, and then we only ovulate like we're only fertile for like two days out <laughs> of the month. Yeah. <laughs> like what the heck? Yeah. 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 And, like, and everybody's like, oh, don't you get pregnant all the time. And it's like, and then it's no, the con- oh, birth control. I know. Real heated conversation. I about do want to talk about birth control after we get um <laughs> on like past this totally last phase. Yeah. Okay. So um your luteal phase, that's kind of like where you're you're preparing for your bleed, right? You're like ch- mm-hmm. kind of like slowing down. Yeah, you're slowing down. Your uterine lining has gotten really, like, you know, full and juicy. And, and like, since there's no that, – that follicle stops producing progesterone at a certain point because your body realizes there's no, like, implantation, you know? There's no fertilized egg mm-hmm. in, that, in that case where you haven't conceived. And, and then so the, you know, all of those hormones will drop. And the the lining will shed, and then you're in your menstrual phase again. And um, I mentioned I was going to talk about fertility awareness, but I just I feel like where that um, practice really changed my life and my understanding of the cycle is to like you your body increases in temperature when you're producing progesterone. So, mm-hmm. and I'm sure, you know, there's like and a lot of people are aware of that, of that. How do you test for that? You take your temperature first thing in the morning. It's called your basal body temperature. So you'd like 
you you need a you know it's not a super special thermometer but it's a it's a bbt thermometer because it reads more than um it wouldn't just say like 98.6 it would say like 98.64 or something like it it needs to be more fine-tuned um would you say that you should like take your temperature throughout the month like around that so you know what's like what's normal and then whenever you so that when you do get to your ovulation you can tell if it's changed yeah so that's that's part of the the method um with the fertility awareness method is that you're tracking your basal body temperature and a number of other vital signs like throughout your cycle and you you'll create like a chart you know so you can see when after you've ovulated you can confirm that you've definitely ovulated because your temperature will have gone up and stayed up Mm -hmm. you know and there's a lot of technical things about about the method it's like a whole deep dive but um this is how I learned you know that I wasn't producing enough progesterone is that I started tracking my cycle and I was like oh my luteal phase I only have high temperatures for eight days when I should have them for like 14 you know Wow. And I'm like, well, no wonder I couldn't carry that pregnancy or no wonder I'm having um, menstrual issues. And and so that, you know, you asked about the foods. And so that's kind of like where it went is that like there mm-hmm. are certain foods that are, you know, where our physiological design is needs um, deeply nourishing foods, a lot of mm-hmm. cholesterol, like fat soluble vitamins minerals um you know um how long do you think it kind of takes your body to readjust once you do introduce like the meats and stuff like that it it kind of i mean it just depends on the person and what else is going on in their life because it's Mm -hmm. like you know do they sleep regularly what kind of light are you exposed to throughout the day like how much you know, how regularly do you, is your blood sugar like balanced? Do you, are you in toxic relationships? You have a lot of unresolved trauma. There's like all kinds of mm-hmm, stuff. Wow. But for me, like the, the foundational thing for every, for everything for me anyways, is like, how am I feeding is, can my body feel safe and nourished because I am providing it with those essential things that it needs? You know, am I Absolutely. am I eating regularly, and am I eating enough? Am I eating the right things? Um, and so that's kind of like a whole other spiral into like metabolic health and nutrition, which I'm also super into. But it's always mm-hmm. been like learning about you know the cycle and like what my body needs around the cycle because we're just like always flowing and changing as women. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just starting, so yeah, what just is starting that? with the phases and like the energetics is huge, you know, because it's learning mm-hmm. to align with and like respect like the wisdom of your body in each one of those phases as opposed to like, you know, pushing back against it and trying to fit it into some other model that it just is not going to work. What were you going to ask? Um, I was going to say, what is, so what does it look like in your daily life with each cycle? Like what things are you incorporating um, that you've learned to help you find balance again? 
I think in general, it's important for me and where I'm at to eat breakfast, which is kind of a new thing. Like I didn't eat breakfast like most of my forever. So um, eating like eating a good breakfast that contains protein and carbs um, and eating within an hour of waking up. This has been like, why is that important? um, Because we're fasting all night. And Mm -hmm. if you are someone who, like me, have just, like, had a lot of physiological stress in my body, like, um, it's actually more stressful for me to go long periods without eating than it is beneficial. So, um, interesting. So, yeah, like, waking up and just getting your, it's, like, making it so that your blood sugar is stable first thing in the morning and you're not running on cortisol to like power your day mm-hmm. um so that's something i like to eat breakfast pretty pretty soon i like to go for a walk and get natural sunlight in my eyes as soon as possible um because that's mm-hmm. important for the like your hormonal system and like the cascade of hormones to, to flow for your body to make energy um I pretty much, I mean, I eat a lot of the same things, but I'm also pretty intuitive about like changing it up. But generally what I eat always has protein and carbs. And um, I try to eat every like three to four hours just to, I've just been really tracking blood sugar regulation for a while because it has a lot to do with physiological stress. (laughs) Um, How do you do that? I, at this point, I can really like sense when I'm starting to go into a place where I need to eat even before I can really feel it. Um, mm-hmm. I can kind of just feel it in my, uh, my like awareness, you know, I might just get a little bit less, like I might feel a little spacey, might feel a little like anxious or something mm-hmm. or just start to have that inclination. Like, Oh, it's been, it's been some time I need to like eat. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that for me, just like it's it just continuing to like be, learn how to be embodied has had a lot to do with just like, yeah, feeding myself and feeding myself good quality food. Um, there are things like that I'm definitely not an expert about. I'm just like really fascinated in um, minerals lately as well. Mm-hmm. And so I like to have like a, put sea salt in my water um Hmm. yeah and what else there's what does that do just it's we actually like need a lot of sodium um and it's just it's it's mineralizing sea salt often has like a lot of other minerals in it too so you could do like trace mineral drops or something like that, but it just feels simple mm-hmm. and nourishing for me to have like some sea salt in my water. And I hardly just drink plain water anymore. Um, Good to know. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just like eating enough, eating often enough eating good foods, eating foods that I really like too. I kind of have to like really enjoy it. You know, like I like the whole, the pleasurable experience of like making food and um, things that I've implemented that I feel like have been really helpful. Um, supplement wise is um, beef liver. And, yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. B 
beef liver like and- dude eat beef liver or is there like uh, a supplement that you take it's still like really hard for me to actually eat eat it yeah so i've i've been taking the desiccated <laughs> like, <cool>. capsules yeah <laughs> yeah okay the capsules i feel like are easy they're still i mean i feel like there's it's probably the best to just like eat the liver but i can't really get it down regularly so i feel like it's better that i just take the capsules um mm-hmm. apparently i used to love liver when i was a little baby <laughs> child which i think is so weird oh, and gross <laughs> yeah Maybe i think i've tried like it, it once since then and yeah, I, your body knew <laughs> i don't know i haven't tried it as an adult but i remember trying it again like as a teenager and be like how did I like this? This is disgusting. Yeah. I think it's so much about like how it's prepared, you know, but mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I used to be really heavy into like supplements and diet trends and all of that. And so I feel like I've, I've become a bit of a minimalist with, with supplements. And like I said, I've really focused on foods and herbs too obviously like the mineralizing herbs and the nourishing nervine herbs um doing a lot of herbal infusions um especially in my luteal phase I do drink a lot of herbal tea like a lot of nettles Mm -hmm. and raspberry leaf and milky oats um and oat straw I have like a I have like a luteal phase blend that I drink pretty much every day Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. and then, yeah, in in my luteal phase, I just, I get a lot more hungry and I feel like a lot of women experience that Mm -hmm. and that's totally healthy. Um, I, I like to eat a lot more like sweet potatoes and root vegetables and, um, Mm -hmm. like more dense, like nourishing foods, you know, a lot of butter. (laughs) Um, yeah, I feel like I kind of bulk up during, during my luteal phase. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I love how intentional you are. Me too. Like even just down to the herbal tea blend and knowing how that's going to support your body. And mm-hmm. yeah, like really making it a present practice. I adore that and strive for that. So thank you for sharing. Thanks. Goals. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been a journey. Is there anything else that you want to add or share? And then if not, we'll kind of start wrapping it up and asking you our final questions. I, well, I know, I think just to bring it back to like the energetics of the cycle for a moment, like, cause there's all of the hormone things and like the physiological things. And, um, but if you could imagine the cycle as like a, medicine wheel um where like your menstrual time is like an inner like winter mm-hmm. and your follicular is kind of like a a spring it's kind of that building mm-hmm. and growing and developing and like coming forth the ovulation time is like peak summer and the I love luteal. That. Yeah, this is how I've learned to work with my cycle. Mm, yeah, so love it. it's just, yeah, the luteal being like autumn or fall. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, because it can just, everyone 
has like a, a different way of tending to their bodies and their rhythms. But I feel like this, like, you know, this is like the, the energy, the, the way that it, the way that it moves mm-hmm. through us. That's yes. kind of like ubiquitous. Um, what I'm like thinking and feeling hearing that right now is just like, for my first thought is like oh it's so annoying we have to do that like every month but then my second thought is like we get a chance at a fresh start every single month and like what how exciting like we Mm -hmm. can just decide to start over with our next like Mm -hmm. cycle that's so real I was just thinking about that with the new year too it's like we (laughs) I saw this meme actually that was like all of you setting intentions like one time a year it's like this ridiculous thing but um <laughs> it was like it's true that there's these like you get to do it every month yeah, like they're but feeling that bigger energy of like wow this like big fresh start of the new year and I'm like well who am I kidding like I go through this like over and over and over again every like 28 days oh, yeah you know um yeah love yeah, love that totally. <laughs> um so I feel like we touched on this quite a bit while we were talking but one of the questions we ask everyone at the end of the podcast is like what's one thing you do for self-care um that like you can't live without yeah there's so many there's some i'm just like such a mutable person too that like you know depending on the day (laughs) really great at self-care it's such a it's such a work in progress like i I try to be, but just like anyone else, I'm like, oh, you yeah. know, like sometimes it's hard to take care of the self for sure. But of course. also, human. sometimes you t- like your self care is just taking a break well, from fucking self care yeah. because it's <laughs> like if, when it becomes daunting, it's like not, it's not really worth it or like yeah. benefiting Thanks you. You're saying really. that. Yeah. I mean, because I feel like there's, there's so much pressure to just like be. I don't know whether it's pressure we put on ourselves or how we, you know, feel in the world, but just like always be like doing something. And I, I feel like for that's why my brain is like, oh, gosh, because I'm like, you know, there's things that I ritually do every day that really help me. But I feel like it's it's really just like finding a moment to slow down and come back to myself like fully. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I I am such like a, you know, tending like I'm always tending and like tracking and you know, um, just giving myself a moment that's like fully just for me and like coming bringing all of my like sensory awareness back into my body and getting into my body with my awareness and like in a, you know taking a few breaths I like to obviously I like to like go to the water I like to be outside but even if I I can't do that just for me like the the Mm -hmm. self-care that I really need the most um, lately and probably will for a long time is just that um creating a moment to drop fully into my body and and breathe and like kind of like re like check in you know yeah love it I love that. That's so perfect and interesting too, because I'm just thinking about the beginning of this episode. I've literally never started off a, um, in like our deep breath, grounding breath thing. I've never started it off as like set into your body and like feel the things. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I've ever done that. And I, 
felt very intuitive and I just love that yeah, it's full circle. circled right now. <laughs> I was like, someone needs to hear this right now. We just need to like feel our emotions and our feelings and right. notice them That's and just allow exactly them to be it. there. <laughs> it's just like a permission, so I adore a permission that. slip, it's, you know, to yeah, be like just very who and where we are. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, there can just be so much. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful and so needed. Um, our other question that we like to ask our guests is if you could tell little Sammy one thing, what would oh, it be? Um, and that could be Sammy when she's five or Sammy in her 20s or, you know, it could be yesterday. Yep. Any any little version, smaller, younger mm. version of yourself. Yeah, well, what comes up and this is something that I need to um, say to myself sometimes. I, I just feel like what she wants to hear is, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Mm. You know, it can, it, can, it can change. But I feel like that, you know, everyone has like a place in them that they just really needed something to be affirmed really deeply. Um, and mm-hmm. for me, it's always like super comforting no matter what's going on. But um yeah to just give myself that loving affirmation that like I got you and I'm not leaving love her (laughs) so good Um, at the very end of the podcast we typically pull a card from like an oracle deck do you have one that you like or do you want us to do the card pull um I do have one that I like, but do you want to do I've the honor? Oh, sure. Okay, great. That's funny. I was just looking at. I was just looking at. We haven't done um, a guest pool in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so this is the Earth Warriors Oracle. I don't know if you've worked with this before. And no, the, but I'll have you send me pictures afterwards. Okay. The art is just phenomenal. Um, mm, this looks like my kind of deck. Just looking online. Wow. Oh, yeah. Pretty. Okay. I pulled the Pachamama card. She with the Andean Emerald Heart. So in this book, there's the what it says in the reading and then some spiritual guidance. Um, so it says, Pachamama, the goddess of the earth, honored by the indigenous people of the Andes, holds space for many different creatures to live within her field, including the crazy, beautiful, dangerous, and divine humanity. She knows that life thrives through diversity. She is able to foster life with such genius and generosity because there is no fear preventing her from holding space for the new to emerge. Be open to the new and the different in yourself and your life. Trust, like the Earth Mother, as an act of devotion. She is watching over you as you evolve to manifest the fullness of your sacred and original life purpose. 
Mm, should I read the okay um, it says don't hold back from what is happening things need to change so let them change it may seem chaotic or overwhelming now however when you realize that you don't need to figure it all out you will relax allowing the wisdom of what is happening at a deeper level to unfold trust that your inner resources are enough and will grow to meet your needs for soul expression in the world you sometimes may feel like you are juggling too many projects with too few arms. The Divine Mother <laughs> the Divine Mother can help you if you trust her to keep an eye on things and guide the process for you. This oracle indicates that peace and harmony will eventually triumph over conflict and challenge, bringing about a new way of being. Needed that. Yeah, I needed that so bad. Yeah, same. <laughs> Perfect. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. So beautiful. To mama. Oh my goodness. Okay. Thank you so much, Sammy. I feel like you just have this like deep, deep well of knowledge mm. and like so many things and like so many ways to like be a woman and like in harmony with yourself and your cycle. Um, I hope that we can have you back on someday yeah. to like dive deeper into all of this because so I just feel more. like we could talk to you for hours. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel that way too. Yeah, Thank I'm you so, so grateful to be able to connect with you um, and just to learn more from you. I absolutely adore your presence and look forward to chatting with you more. Yeah, um, if somebody had any questions or wanted to reach out to you, um, how do you want to be found? Mm, um probably email is best i do have a social media account but i'm one of those people that like really doesn't like to be on there so much mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah my email is um flowering earth dot birth at gmail.com love that that's so much yeah <laughs> yeah it's super open if anyone wants to reach out beautiful Yay. All right, Sammy. Thank you so much. Yes, Have a beautiful you. day. We love you. Thank you both. We love you too. Thank you so much. Bye.